You're listening to media from University Lutheran Church and Student Center. We are a multi-generational, Jesus-centered community of Scripture, faith, and grace located in Tallahassee, Florida, on the campus of Florida State University. To learn more and to get connected to other resources, please visit universitylutheranchurch.org. We hope that the next few moments are a time when God speaks into your life by the power of His Holy Spirit about His Son, Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who has come in order to give us a perfection to live into. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Back about five or six years ago, uh, there was a, a TV show that came out on the, the HBO platform called Westworld. And Westworld was sort of a, a redo of an earlier movie done by, by, back in the 70s by Michael Crichton. And the, the whole series is sort of uh, hinged on this idea of there being this kind of theme park that people could go to. But it's not kind of your regular theme park. It's not Disney. It's not Universal Studios. It's something different. It's Westworld. And what Westworld is, is it gives you the opportunity to put on a cowboy hat and to walk into the wild, wild west yourself and to play as if you were a cowboy during that era or an outlaw during that era or somebody in the army during that era or whatever it is really that you wanted to be as long as it fit into the era of the wild wild west in the united states of america and the whole idea was that wealthy people would pay lots and lots and lots of money in order to live this out because it was like living out real life. And so as you got into Westworld, you started to figure out that the actors, the the other people around you weren't just fellow guests along with you, and they weren't actors, they weren't human beings that were being paid to be there and to act like they were cowboys and cowgirls, but rather they were what the show calls hosts. And hosts were robots deep down inside that just looked like human beings on the outside. And as you get a little bit further into the show, you find out that there's something going on with the people behind Westworld, that they don't just want to create this fun theme park for people to come and enjoy life as a person living in the Wild West, but rather what they want to do is they want to start figuring out how they can use artificial intelligence in order to provide immortality to human beings. Now, how they do that I'm not going to tell you, because first of all, it would be a little bit of a spoiler, and second of all, it would probably take us a little bit of time (laughs) to talk through. But that idea of 
what's going on in Westworld is something that begins to give us entrance into the readings that we're taking a look at today. Because the readings that we're taking a look at today, in some way, shape, or form, all have to do with this sense of living into the personhood of a perfect God. So when Habakkuk stations himself at the watchtower, and he's having this argument, it sounds like, with God, when he says, how long do I need to cry out to you violence, and you will not hear what he's talking about is not the violence simply that he sees in the world in general, but the violence that is happening in his own people, that his own people are committing violence against one another. And he's asking God, how long is this going to be the case? How long are we going to be a corrupted version of what you have created humanity to be? Because we know how the Bible gets started. At least a little bit, we know that there was a man and there was a woman and there was a snake and there was an apple and there was all sorts of strange stuff. But we know that there was something there that went awry. We know that in eating that apple, that there was something bad that happened. No matter what our level of biblical proficiency is, we kind of know from popular culture that that's what happened. And as we look deeper into that story, what we see in that story is that God created those people to be his images. If you translate that Hebrew word into Greek, it becomes the word icon, something that we're very familiar with, this idea of something that we can click on, something that we can touch on our devices that aren't the program themselves, but are a window to that program, a representation of what that thing is supposed to be. And that's who we were supposed to be as humankind. That's who Adam and Eve were supposed to be, and that's who all of their sons and daughters were supposed to be. That's that picture of being a window through which all of creation could see God, that in us, your family dog could somehow see God, that in us, the, your neighbors around you could somehow see something of God, that that's the idea that God created in us. He created us to be these perfect pictures of who he is, these perfect hosts for his creation. These people that were not like God, but on the outside, just like the hosts in Westworld, looked and behaved in a way that was similar to God. And yet, we failed at that. We fail present tense at that, and we will fail future tense at that many more times, even just this week. What we fail in the language of that Westworld show is called a fidelity test. What they did in the show was they, they had this moment when they were, were creating these hosts and they were creating them to look like other people and they, they would 
go, take them through this thing that was called a fidelity test, where they would try to see if they behaved in a way that they were programmed to behave. And if they didn't behave in the way that they were programmed to behave, well, then they had to start all over, which meant that they had to wipe the host out and start from scratch once again. And in some ways, that's what should happen to us. That's what should have happened to Adam and Eve. It's what should happen to us every time that we sin. We, like the person that Jesus is talking about in that gospel lesson, should have a millstone put around our neck and thrown into the sea, which disturbingly is a phrase that doesn't seem to show up anywhere in Near Eastern literature. It seems like Jesus had thought about the kind of punishment that we deserve, and he came up with this very creative way that we should die. There's a sense that we're not living up to our programming, and because of that, we should be obliterated. And yet, he chose not to do that. Instead, what he chooses to do is to send us his son. To send us his son that lives out the programming that he's talking about. That lives out that programming. That even if we sin seven times in a day and we turn to him seven times and we repent, he promises, because it's his code, to forgive us. And the good news about that is that he doesn't just promise that seven times a day because there are certainly days that we need double that amount, if not more. But he has been completely faithful to his father's programming for humanity. That in him, we see a perfect representation of who God is because Jesus is God. That God said, I'm not going to mess around with trying to create a perfect representation of me without it being me. I am going to go into their life. I am going to be that perfect representation for them of fidelity, of faithfulness, of who we are supposed to be as humans. And as a result of that, he left us his code. He left us the operating system, the bits and bytes of what it means to be God in the word and in the sacraments. That that's what he brings to you today as you were listening to Habakkuk, as you were listening to the psalm, as you were listening to Paul talk to Timothy about what this gift is that you should fan into flame, that it is nothing less than the saving code that God has brought into our lives to begin a work in us that makes us to begin to behave in a way that has fidelity. Notice it's not 
when we act in a way that has fidelity, that he blesses that, but rather that he actually brings into our life a code through his word, through the law and the gospel, through communion that we have today, through baptism that many of you have been through, he brings you something that gets implanted into your soul and that you begin to work out in your life because he has shown you that grace. Because he has shown up to be your ransom. Because he has shown up to be the one who has fidelity and faithfulness and gives you that which you did not have on your own. And so as you go out into this world this week, recognize that there are parts of you, parts of your code that are in error, parts of your code that are outside of the norm of what God would have. But also recognize that he has brought to you the good gift of his code, his salvation. And he has promised that on the last day that everything inside of you that is in error will be washed away. And all that will be left is his coat. Amen. Thank you for listening to this media from University Lutheran Church and Student Center. To learn more and to get connected to other resources, please visit universitylutheranchurch.org. If you would like to financially support more media from University Lutheran, please visit our website and click the Give Now button which will enable you to engage in the Christian discipline of giving tithes and offerings to God through his church. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift up his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Lord,